Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. The phones are open, as always, here, and you're welcome to join us. Bring up whatever you want to discuss. All you have to do is dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Chris. Looking sharp in your uh, Free the Frip- uh, Crypto 6 shirt. Nobody, thank you. Yeah, those guys rock. <laughs> I love the shirts we're wearing actually right now. They're yeah, all nice. pretty good. Forkfest, nice uh, Bitcoin. And, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, Free the Crypto 6. Uh, Forkfest, by the way, coming up in, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks. Is something it that like soon? That. Yeah, it's oh, going to wow. be. Before you know it, uh, we will be there. At least I hope uh, that I'll, I'll be there. I was thinking we had a couple of months. Uh, yeah, I need to get I need to get on top of some of that stuff I was working on earlier today. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, and I, I did talk to my attorney today, so he's got to put in a motion to get my ankle monitor removed in the hopes that I'll actually be able to get. I up saw there, that. So. You nice. saw that? Well, I mean, on, yeah, because it gets posted to the docket, and it was. I don't believe it has been filed. It, I was going to say, think there was a, it already came through. I think yeah. it did. I think it did. I don't think so. I just spoke with him, uh, spoke with him today, early this morning. Uh, well, so, I could be mistaken, yeah, but no. I thought there was a motion put in. Maybe it was a different motion. No, no. There was something. Uh, there. So what happened this week was Aria and I had a bail hearing or a, a what they call an arraignment on the additional charges that they loaded okay. us up with. Uh, that happened yesterday, I think it was, uh-huh. and or Wednesday. And so we were able to waive our appearance at that particular hearing. No, this is this said something about changing uh changing condition of bail or something like that. Okay. Well maybe you've seen something that uh that I haven't, so I'll have to take Oh yeah, you're right. Modified conditions of release. Well <laughs> he did get on that. Man than I expected. That's a fast lawyer. <laughs> it's it's uh you know, it's it's funny. It's funny every once in a while I'll I'll find something out before you before do. I and do it's, yeah. it's it's really funny. Like I'll bring it up and I'll be like, Oh wait, uh I don't want to tell you about it or well, whatever. Because I had seen something yeah. else come through today and so that yeah. one just got it slipped by me. Uh, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, no problem. So uh, anyway, the number here is 603-283-6160. We got a lot to talk about tonight, including is it going to be the case that copyright law is going to change significantly? Uh, Chris, you've got that story. That's on the way here uh, tonight. Plus, we can also talk about a, a, a Spain, a town in Spain that has declared itself independent from Spain. Nice. Uh, and, we, you know, we like our good uh, yep. independence stories here, secession news, so we'll uh, we'll get into that, too. Uh, again, the number is 603-283-6160. A small town in Catalonia. You guys remember when Catalonia was in oh, the yeah. news for trying to secede from Spain? Well, a lot right? of people got arrested, a lot of the politicians there, if I recall. Yeah, there was a huge crackdown uh, by the, the government goons in Madrid. They sent in police from all over the country to go to Catalonia and literally crack people's heads who were trying to uh, come and and vote for independence. It was an insane situation. It really was. So it's back now to some extent, or at least in a small town. The, they did successfully manage to put down the uh, the uprising, yep. so to speak. Of course, it was completely peaceful uh, uprising. I don't know if you could call it an uprising, though. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the uprising would have... I mean, the only violence was on the part of the, the state. Right. But, uh, but it was, you know, uppity people that wanted to sure, say goodbye. Sure. And now a small town has declared itself liberated from Spanish control. It's according to irishtimes.com. As activists say, they're beginning a new strategy of confrontation with the state to gain independence for their region. On Saturday in Bascara, in the northeastern region, activists set up informal checkpoints at the entrances to the town. 
which has a population of just 1,000 people, to mark its supposed border with Spain. The checkpoints were manned by locals who waved the Estelada secessionist flag and handed out homemade Catalan passports to those entering the town. Huh. Now, they sound pretty pretty organized. Uh, they've got their own passport already. I'm they've liking got, this. <laughs> they've got their own flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there has been some talk that there should be a flag contest here uh, for New Hampshire because the New Hampshire flag kind of sucks it does it really does uh mm-hmm. it's it's got a you know one of those spanish i don't know if it's spanish but one of those ships on it uh sailing ships where they i don't know if it was one of the ones that discovered the new world or whatever i'm not sure what ship it's supposed to be but it's one of those kind of things and on the ship there's a damn american flag so <laughs> within the new hampshire flag there is a united states flag that's Obviously, interesting it wasn't originally there that, that can't be the original flag although yeah. didn't new hampshire not have a flag for i don't know that's a good on. question i don't know what the history is yeah, yeah. i think you're right about that yeah it was it was um i think it there might like have been the, some other flag but it wasn't it wasn't like a new hampshire flag mm. yeah I kind of like the idea of the uh, something along the lines of a uh, a Gadsden or a Gadsden porcupine with Ooh, yeah. live free or die. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. You know, the yellow and black theme is going to sell to the libertarian uh, community for sure. But oh, the, yeah. The idea what, that was being thrown around was that the New Hampshire, uh, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence, should run a contest. And do a crowdsource, basically, and say, hey, if you've got an idea for what should the nation of New Hampshire or Republic of New Hampshire, whatever it would end up being called, uh, what should the flag look like once we peacefully secede from the United States? I think that could generate some controversy, generate some buzz, oh, yeah. you know, get some interest uh, going on, and, and might mm-hmm. actually come up with a pretty good flag idea. It's yeah. not a bad idea. What was it before? Was it the Republic of New Hampshire? That's an excellent question. I don't know if it had a preface. Oh, I feel like I should know this. You know, Josh is always talking about this issue with, with the coins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, two cents, Josh. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know what the answer is, but um, yeah, it might have just been New Hampshire. I'm I'm not sure about that. No, that's no, a, no. Pro- that's a good Providence question. of New Hampshire, something mm, like that. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. A province is usually a subdivision of a larger. Right. Whole. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because remember, New Hampshire did declare its independence. And was its own nation for some few years before they joined the United States. Mm-hmm. Because the New Hampshire used to have a president. And yeah. And they changed that in the Constitution to be the governor after joining the United States. And I think it was, wasn't it like 1784 or something? I, I apologize for not being the, the history buff to have all the dates mm-hmm. exactly correct. But I believe that New Hampshire became its own country sometime in the 1770s. Again, don't remember the exact uh, date on that. In fact, there's a claim that that Rhode Island beat New Hampshire to it, but people in New Hampshire have been uh, debating them about that and claiming that that is not true and that New Hampshire actually declared independence a few months earlier than Rhode Island. So Rhode Island has mm. gotten credit for being the first, but purportedly the truth is it actually was New Hampshire that was the first to say goodbye. Nice. So they got passports too, apparently, in this uh, this little town, Bascara in Catalonia, Spain, and that's a tough thing to find. By the way, I remember years ago I looked into it because I remember hearing about the Conch Republic. Do you guys know what that is? Uh vaguely, so vaguely. Wasn't that a shell mm. game of some sort? No, no. <laughs> it uh, it is Key West, Florida. Years ago, they declared their independence uh, apparently and declared themselves the Conch Republic or something like that. I don't remember how it, exactly the the process went. Um, I don't know how serious they were about it either, but 
they did come out with their own passport and you can order that from whatever remains of the conch republic organization or at least you could as of several years ago when i last looked into it and it made me wonder like what does it take to get passports made that's a pretty mm-hmm. tough service to find unless you're you know talking about going to a black market uh provider or something like that and you, you can't right. just go online. And he's going to make you something that looks just like somebody else's passport. So yeah. that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't just go online and find a, you know, a company that makes passports. It's just generally, it's not an easy service to find. I mean, there must be those people out there that there must be companies that do it. But it's not one of those things you can easily find with an internet search. At least I wasn't able to uh, to pull it up. What was that? Uh, you had another passport at one point, though. Yeah, and you? I had to surrender it to the federal government <laughs> to get funny. out of jail. Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of the world passport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if you sent them an email, they would tell you who made uh, their passports. They uh, they do an interesting thing. And for those that aren't familiar with the world passport, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool idea that you know people that need a passport in countries where it's difficult to get them or refugees or whatever can reach out to the World Service Authority and they can get themselves issued a passport. It's pretty neat. Pretty neat process. It tends to be ignored and not respected in any way, shape, or form by uh, by all the immigration bureaucrats all around the planet. But I can relate to that. It's a neat concept, at least. <laughs> I liked it. I hope I get it back someday soon. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. Just dial in at 603-283-6160. We're talking about a little little bit about secession here tonight. And what got the conversation started in this case is a story out of Catalonia, which is the secessionist region of Spain that, I don't know, four years ago, three or four years ago, tried to peacefully say goodbye. And the government of Madrid said they weren't going to be having any of that and brought in hundreds of cops from maybe even thousands of them uh, from all around the country to put a stop to it. If you remember, it's like having a husband who loves you so much. <laughs> if you try to leave you leave him, he'll kill you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and they uh, the, uh, the one of the funniest parts about what was ultimately a just awful situation was they had actually commandeered cruise lines. If you remember this part of the story, they they commandeered the Disney cruise lines. Uh, or no, it wasn't. Was it Disney? It might have been Warner Brothers. They had like cartoon characters on the sides of the boats. And the cruise line demanded that there be big black cloths or tarps or something that were, would be hung from the side of the ship hung over the sides of the ship in order to cover up their characters from being seen because of the negative associations of being essentially a house for thousands of police officers. So the police officers were staying on these cruise lines because they didn't have anywhere else to put them, and and it's a coastal city, it's Mm -hmm. a coastal area. Uh, And so it was just such a bizarre situation where you had all these thug cops, you know, using truncheons to uh, stop people from boating. And then at the end of the day, they'd go back to like the Disney cruise ship. But the cruise line was so embarrassed about their role in this, they had to cover up the characters on the ship. It was crazy. Just a crazy situation. That that is crazy. 
That's that's it a, was a, that's ridiculous. a weird story. Yeah, but it was it was funny at the same time because uh, there's plenty of pictures of these cruise ships with these big black tarps being hung down from uh, from the sides. Anyway, uh, Bascara, mm. which is a town of a thousand people, has now announced they are liberated from Spanish control. Activists have set up checkpoints at the entrances to the town. They're manned by locals who waved the Estelada secessionist flag and handed out homemade Catalan passports to those entering the town. They also gave out an invented new currency called the CAT to locals. One painted slogan on a wall at the entrance to the town said, quote, you are entering liberated territory, unquote. Wow. See, I thought the CAT had always been a form of currency. Isn't that the oldest profession? <laughs> in a uh, statement a group called civil disobedience catalonia said bascara was now quote automatically under the control of the catalan republic and no longer subject to spanish law unquote it also said that the occupying forces in a reference to the police would be expelled from the town and barred from entering i like the sound of that yeah these guys are hardcore <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, the statement harkened back to a failed Catalan bid for independence <laughs> in 2017. So it's actually been five years since that happened. Uh, adding to the uh, adding that the intention was quote to exercise effective control of the territory through civil disobedience and deploy a new strategy against the occupier that will lead to the final attack on the state. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what they're getting at there, but it's definitely going to be a situation to keep eyes on. Yeah. And as somebody who supports uh, you know, nonviolent means, I'm really excited to hear that there sounds like some sort of a mass civil disobedience movement. It may only be two dozen people, but that can be enough to bring a lot of things to a grinding halt. Yeah, and I think if I think if it was two dozen people in a town of a town of a thousand yeah. that the rest of the thousand would would be doing something about it so i like think stopping it's, them you mean yeah you think i it's think larger? it's i think it's got to be larger than that but you know things aren't always what they appear in in spain mm-hmm. um orwell wrote, uh fought in the uh spanish revolution uh george orwell wrote 1984 and one of the things that he writes about is afterwards after the supposed anarchists had taken over that there was a sign in the barber shop saying that tipping the barber was punishable by death. Um, so, you know, it doesn't sound like anarchy to no. me. Um, so They you were know, serious about that. I, I believe they were, wow. and he was horrified by that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and that was one of the inspirations for, I think, Animal Farm, hmm. where all the animals were equal, but some were more equal than others. So apparently this big takeover uh, happened on Saturday, and then as of Monday, the mayor said the town was back to normal. He told the Irish Times that was a symbolic act. He says, I understand that it's the first of a number of such acts that will take place in different towns. He added that it marked, quote, an attempt to start over, unquote, for the independence movement. Anti-independence activists dismantled the checkpoints and defaced some secessionist slogans painted on the walls. Within hours of Saturday's declaration, undermining how divisive the Catalan sovereignty issue remains. A unionist news site called El Catalan described the weekend's events as the latest farce by an independence movement which, quote, has never had a sense of its own ridiculousness, unquote. 
And, you know, I am glad to see that uh, this does kind of, it, it rings a bell as far as we've been getting a lot of opposition here in New Hampshire to independence. There was a lot of outcry over what was a bill that simply would have allowed people to vote. Uh, that ultimately died in not the committee but the the full state house a couple of months ago. But the fact that they're acknowledging that you exist as a secessionist group is a step mm-hmm. in the right direction. So I'm glad to see that happening in Catalonia. Absolutely. Usually they just they do, they they say, oh yeah, everybody's delighted to live under this government. You know, nobody nobody has a problem with it. Well, nobody has a problem with it. Um, as in you. Nobody. As yeah, in me. Mr. Nobody. I'm nobody and nobody has a problem. And nobody is not alone in this, uh, Definitely in this not. case. There's a large movement uh, that has sprung up here in New Hampshire. And I, I expect it's going to get larger over time. We just heard oh, yeah. recently there's now a political action committee that has been formed to promote the ideas of independence amongst the political scene, specifically talking to uh, potential legislators, people who are going to be running for office and asking them, you know, how do you feel about independence for New Hampshire? So this conversation is definitely going to continue. Mm -hmm. And if there's a group in Catalonia that's going to continue doing events like this, then that is definitely going to keep the conversation going there. In recent weeks, relations between the Spanish government and... of socialist Pedro Sanchez and the Catalan administration have deteriorated due to allegations that more than 60 pro-independence figures had their phones hacked and spied on. Catalan President Pere Aragonés has demanded an in-depth investigation of resignations of those responsible. If your phone hasn't been hacked and spied on, you need to up your game. Right, you're, you're, not, you're not doing it right. They're not <laughs> spying on you. Uh, in fact, there was news recently that, uh, I don't know if you heard about the Project Veritas, the latest Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's uh, going on with them? One of the FBI guys actually came clean. Yeah. So there's an agent that is currently still employed by the FBI who has come out and spoken out about what's been going on inside the FBI. He did it with a condition of anonymity. So they have him like in a blackened room and you can't see. He's got the the vocal uh, changer thing on his voice. But it's an interesting interview. Maybe we'll play some of it for you here in a little bit. Uh, plus, Chris, you've been researching the, the history of the naming of New Hampshire, and you learned a couple things about that. So you'll share that with us coming up as well. Uh, sure. You can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, you've got... Nobody. Oh, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris. And uh, again, phones are open here. You don't have to talk about independence, although that is uh, the topic on the table at the moment. There's a... Uh, some folks in a town in Catalonia, Spain, that have declared independence over the weekend. Allegedly, it was just uh, a stunt, it sounds like. They weren't going to occupy in any serious manner for some a period of time, but 
They did set up checkpoints on Saturday and handed out hand, uh, homemade Catalan passports to those that were entering the town. They also waved the uh, secessionist flag that is apparently called the Estelada there in Spain. And uh, and then apparently they left because the town had allegedly cleaned everything up by, by Monday. Hmm. But supposedly they're going to uh, continue doing similar stunts or other stunts in other towns in Catalonia to once again stir up support and stir up discussion about the uh, hopefully inevitable exit of the Catalonian people from uh, from Spain. And uh, and I support it, even though some would point out, well, wait a minute, these are just socialists. And it's, well, if they want to secede and have a more socialist country where they don't send money to where their their tax money only goes to whatever the capital of catalonia is instead of going to madrid then i still support it then they're at least getting a, a government that is more akin to what it is that they're looking for yeah, it, it would be nice to have more choices not fewer right and right now we don't have i mean we have some choices but it's yeah <laughs> it's it's not as many as uh, would be desirable yeah, I mean, we have about as many choices as a hamster in a habit trail, you know. <laughs> yeah. There, there's different pipes we can run through, but all mm. the pipes go to the same place. Yeah. The sewer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, it's, it's an interesting story, and hopefully we will hear more about this organization that they announced called Civil Disobedience Catalonia. Very interested to hear what other things they cook up, because, uh, uh, you know, I presume they've got some other ideas for what they're going to uh, to do, and hopefully it'll be inspirational. Maybe we'll, we'll be able to crib uh, a few concepts here, because we've, we've had a few civil disobedience successes over the years here in New Hampshire. Nobody, you you organized one of the most successful, uh, arguably maybe the most uh, successful mm-hmm. civil disobedience, which was uh, the 420s that happened here, the rallies that happened for some number of months in a row yeah. here in they actually they they went on for a couple of years although uh winters were uh, uh they, they didn't, tend to didn't usually up. show up in the winter yeah. um, <laughs> but that that was more due to weather than police yeah that's that's for sure uh so that's the story there uh chris you did a little digging because we couldn't agree on what it was that New Hampshire was originally called back when it was a country, back when it was its own nation after declaring mm-hmm. independence from the king in Great Britain before joining the United States. And you found a little history. Yeah. So it appears to have gone by a number of different names, mm-hmm. but some of those names it encompassed like different areas. Like it, it may have encompassed like part of Vermont and mm-hmm. like part yeah, of it wasn't Maine always New points. Hampshire. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a challenge to, you know, say what it was, but prior to this, New Hampshire, it was the province of New Hampshire. So, um, yeah. So was that when it was under the king, though? I think so. Um, okay. but it's it's a little confusing because there was a point where it was an independent like country. Uh, so so on January fifth, seventeen seventy six, the Congress of New Hampshire voted in Exeter or Exeter to establish a civil government and specified mm-hmm. the manner and form that government would have. This government had its had a military. So um, now the United States didn't form uh, under, well, it had multiple versions, but it didn't form until I think it was 1783, as I understand it. So it was, as I'm interpreting this anyway, if I if I understand this correctly, it was an independent government for a number of years well, uh, the United prior States, to. As we know it now under the, Const- the Constitution 
came into effect in 1789. I'm yeah, sure. right. So 1783 um, to 1789, there was another. But there I'm was not, another United States, effectively, that they decided to throw that government out. Uh, yeah, basically, the Articles of Confederation um, established a government, and interestingly, what became the. Uh, uh, the people who became the drafters of the Constitution were actually sent to amend the Articles of Confederation. They were never authorized to come up with a brand new Constitution of their own creation, but yet they did. Yeah, it's it's interesting. They apparently uh, this in 1776 they ran out. I think it was the like some sort of Brit- British appointed governor of mm-hmm. the state and. Uh, I guess that's I guess that's how it started. I, unfortunately, I don't know New Hampshire history. Like I, I, well, I don't I don't I just don't know New Hampshire New Hampshire history that terribly well. Yeah, I so. think what you're looking at here is it was called the province of New Hampshire until that January 1776, and, then, and that I don't know what it was called because it was a province. It was just called New Hampshire. I okay. pulled up the original constitution, uh, and it is the Constitution of New Hampshire, written and signed January 5th, 1776. So. It was just New Hampshire. Hmm. It was not the Republic of. It was not the you know whatever of the, the nation of. It was just New Hampshire. Right. So so this is kind of interesting here. Uh, together, the Assembly and Council. This is when they were independent nation. Uh, were responsible for running the government of the colony, including the appointment of all civil and military officers. So. Yep, and then uh, that lasted uh, for roughly another ten years until they joined the the United States, if yep. I recall correctly. Yep. Hmm. So, if you want to weigh in, uh, you're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We were talking about the FBI, and apparently uh, one of their agents has come out publicly to Project Veritas. Well, behind the scenes, but publicly. Semi-publicly. Yeah. <laughs> he's supposedly a currently employed agent, and obviously he's afraid, about, uh, afraid of retaliation, so they are not showing what he looks like. They're not allowing you to hear what his voice actually sounds like. But uh, he's revealed that the federal government has been investigating Project Veritas and considers them to be news media, which is interesting because they point out in their story that it's in direct contradiction to the government's own court filing, where they argue that the Project Journal- Project Veritas journalists were not news media, saying in the court filing, quote, Project Veritas is not engaged in journalism within any traditional or accepted definition of that word because their reporting is supposedly non-consensual. Wait, what? What does that even mean? Do you have to consent to be reported on in the news? No, because it's ridiculous. nobody's ever called me and asked me for permission to report about what I've done. Yeah. Right. Or well, what I haven't done. Yeah, it's, it's um, absurd what they're saying. Um, now, I think what they're referring to is that Project Veritas tends to do undercover camera operations, right? They, mm-hmm. they put a, a camera that's hidden on one of their reporters and then they go in and they interview somebody, maybe someone who worked for Pfizer. We've seen some of those recently or whatever, you know, government agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they get them on the record saying something damning and then they I mean, report about it. Even, and that's classic yeah. Even if that journalism. violated state law, it doesn't violate federal law. No, you're right. As far as recording right. someone without their permission. Yeah. yeah that's and Even if, if they were trying to argue that. And even if it violated state law, there'd be a question of as to whether or not the First Amendment trumped it. Because, yes. Uh, it, yeah, certainly it would be something that would have to be appealed probably. But yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know how much of that stuff they do in New Hampshire, because New Hampshire is one of the worst states oh, as yeah. far as wiretapping laws are concerned. There's about three states that are really bad, and New Hampshire is one of them where, you, where every party has to know uh, that they're being recorded. Unless it's a police officer. They are allowed to record you without telling no, you. No, you are allowed to record a police officer secretly now uh, in New, in the state. They haven't changed the law on no, that, no, no, but what a, you're referring to a is ruling. a court rule. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be nice if they would go ahead and just change the, the actual wiretapping it's statutes, because... They could, in theory, still arrest you, and then you have to go into court and show the previous court rulings, yep. and you may have to go and appeal and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can share some more of this Project Veritas information, because it is a pretty interesting discussion that they had with uh, this undercover agent. We'll get into a little de- I'll get into that a little deeper here, coming up at 603-283-6160, because this could have an effect, maybe, on the Crypto 6 case. Because it, it may not be just Project Veritas that is being targeted as news media of interest to the FBI. Oh, we know that. Uh, yes, definitely not. Yeah. Whether we can prove it yeah, is another question. question. There's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. You can join us on Free Talk Live. is free talk live phones are open you can join us here project veritas has been given some documents that they wouldn't normally have access to some internal fbi documents were leaked to them by an agent that they subsequently have interviewed and we're going to play some of that interview for you here in just a moment but to take you back to what happened to them in i think it was november of last year some of their agents or their uh, journalists had uh, the FBI pounding on their doors and conducted a search warrant of their premises. I don't believe anyone was arrested in that circumstance, mm-hmm. um, but they did, you know, go through their stuff and steal computers and various oh, yeah. different electronic uh, storage drives and things like that. Um, the sort of thing they do if you exercise your rights under the First Amendment. Right. Well, especially if you're critical of the government. If you're exercising <laughs> yeah. your you know, rights, but you're not actually doing anything of any import, uh, then they'll, look, they'll leave you alone. Uh, yeah. But if you're critical, then they'll target you. Was it H.L. Mencken who said that all real journalism is telling is saying something that somebody doesn't want said? Everything Ooh. else is public relations? I've not heard that one, but that's a good um, one. Yeah, I, I, uh, somebody should look up the source of that quote. Well, uh, sure. And now that we've got the, uh, the new Department of Homeland Security Ministry of Truth that they've put together, what, what they call it, the Disinformation Governance Board, I believe, mm-hmm. we're getting even closer. Oh, right. To, oh, you, you heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. They actually came up with a, uh, a concrete proposal recently oh. that blue checks on Twitter should be able to add context to your tweet. So basically anybody who's elite should be able to, uh, you know, ding the tweets of of any of of the serfs um, and basically say, yeah, this is a lie. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you know, also interesting too. Um, in regards to all of this, is that the federal government has been paying reporters to work for them and sending right. them to uh, to work for, free, for papers, right? To work for you know other newspapers, basically newspapers that so, are desperate and yep, are failing and yep. can't afford to pay people anymore. So they get a free reporter, yeah, even though they're basically just pr- toting the government line and a total propagandist, which is what most newspapers do anyway. anyway I'm yeah. talking yeah, to you, New York Times. All um, of them, basically, <laughs> to some extent uh, or another. So uh, let's play some of this audio here from Project Veritas. It's coming from their website, projectveritas.com. And uh, here it is. So you've been a special agent for a number of years. Correct. Special agent with the FBI. That's correct. I've worked in counterintelligence, counterterrorism. I've worked criminal. What brought you to Project Veritas? Why are you here? There's a number of very troubling things that are happening within the FBI. And I would say that the, the direction that the agency has headed troubles the vast majority of the agents. Project Veritas appears to be a victim of political undertakings, which is where this, this agency has gone. You came across... Now, when he says it's where the agency has gone, he doesn't get specific as far as how long of a time frame it has gone hmm. there. Although later in this interview, and it is a, it's actually a pretty lengthy interview... Later in the interview, he does admit that the FBI has been doing things that are completely out of its jurisdiction and illegal for for decades. And he brings up Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, so, you know, Mm -hmm. where the agency has gone, he doesn't get real specific what he means by that. But he definitely suggests that he's uh, he's a little frustrated. Yeah. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover was famous for using that agency as his own personal uh you know political uh hit to hit tool right and he actually gets into it a little bit later in the interview that there's two types of investigations that the fbi does there's the type that most people are familiar with which is investigating an ostensible crime right somebody got murdered right. or whatever something's happening and they look into that and they try to find the the criminal and they try to arrest him and build a case against them and then he gets into it that there's another type of investigation which is just simply for information <laughs> and that's what we'll get to here awesome information um can you tell me a little more about that the file that you're talking about is background on the the project veritas investigation the, the that resulted in the search warrant um, at your premises. There's a number of things on there that are alerting and they don't necessarily make sense for the type of organization or agency that you are. First of all, what what can you say about how you came across or acquired this? Uh, This was given to me by a colleague who was interested and also sympathetic to the fact that it it appears that there's a, a political vendetta against uh, your organization and, and what what uh, leads you or or him or her to believe that there's a political vendetta? We don't see a lot of investigations into news organizations. It's not common. Um, the ones that are are almost specifically tied to threat countries that we would be investigating for intelligence purposes. To see a criminal investigation, particularly one categorized the way that this is, is alerting, and it's. Surprising, based on the public information that is provided. What is sa- now? It's surprising to him, maybe, um, because later on he says that he's never seen this before. The um, the interviewer James, I forget his his last name, but uh, the guy who heads up O'Keefe, Project, yeah, it? that's it, O'Keefe, uh, heads up Project Veritas. He he asks him later in the interview, you know, have you seen this? Is this happening to other uh, news agencies? And he says he hasn't seen it before. Now 
we don't represent ourselves as a news agency per se here <laughs> on Free Talk Live. We do opinion, right? This is a talk mm-hmm. show. Um, but it is a media outlet. It is certainly a First Amendment thing that, that oh, we definitely. do here. We do believe in free speech and we exercise it uh, regularly. And part of our free speech is criticizing the state on a day-to-day basis, essentially. And well, that doesn't make them too happy. No. Yeah, they they get upset just by reporting on stuff that's already reported uh, elsewhere, just not, uh, you know, d- hasn't gotten a lot of publicity, so to speak. And yeah. Of course, Julian Assange is, you know, the classic example of somebody yeah. Oh, yeah. who, you know, did exactly what reporters are supposed to do. He exposed what somebody didn't want known, which was American war crimes. Right. And for that, he has been languishing for a decade in uh, first embassies and now a prison. Correct. Uh, One of the harshest uh, prisons in the UK, as I understand it, HMS Belmarsh, if I recall correctly, where he is awaiting the potential for being extradited to the United States, where they will attempt to put him away for over 170, I believe, years behind bars for doing as you point out nobody some mm-hmm. of the best journalism in recent memory like since the pentagon papers you know uh julian assange is probably one of the most important journalists since that time absolutely so if you want to weigh in here the number 603-283-6160 they get into what i want to i'm going to skip past yeah, in some of the, some me. of this sorry about that uh, i'm going to skip past some of this here because he just kind of gets into the paperwork and gets into the nitty-gritty of like well what's this code mean and what's that code mean because he's got like mm-hmm. the the internal fbi uh investigative document that you know it's government so they've got a bunch of three-letter uh four letter acronyms on there and and it's it's interesting but it's not quite level of let's play this on the radio so i'm going to jump this interview ahead a little bit here to where uh he's asking him sort of to you know what's all this about basically and so here's a little bit more and we can open cases that never get picked up for prosecution that happens all the time they can bring us cases we can bring them cases so neither of us work for the for the other but we do work as partners what do you hope comes from your endeavor to be here and, and say all this i would hope that we could end up with a nonpartisan law enforcement agency in this country that's <laughs> not doing things that seem to be inappropriate for its for the power that it wields it's an awesome responsibility i mean it's truly an incredible amount of power if used wrong the country cannot sustain their largest law enforcement agency we cannot have partisan investigations and using a piece of the executive branch as a weapon uh, unfortunately, the only way that's ever going to stop is if they shut this agency down entirely. Yeah, I I would have to agree. It's, I mean, once you have a privileged group of people, a group of people who are not answerable to anybody, um, the DC politicians, you mean? The well, the, the DC politicians and law enforcement in general mm-hmm. is not held to the same standard of behavior as as everybody else sure. i mean if if i had uh choked uh what what was his name james garner to death in the streets of new york city <laughs> because i didn't like him selling cigarettes eric garner. eric james garner. was the actor that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> uh who i also liked a lot um but yeah i mean eric, if if i had killed that guy i would be charged with murder sure. and law enforcement does it and it's just another day at work just a slap on the hand 
Yeah. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. We'll, we'll hear more about what this FBI agent has to say about the ongoing investigation into Project Veritas. Uh, we already knew they were being investigated because they got raided late last year. Multiple homes of journalists. That's usually a sign. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe there have been any arrests at this point. So they're just collecting information and going over it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com free talk live it is free talk live and the phones are open you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 joining me in the studio it's ian nobody and chris coming up chris is going to tell us about the potential for a pretty big change to U.S. copyright law that may affect Walt Disney and many others, but specifically Walt Disney. Uh, we can get into that coming up here in a little bit. But uh, first, we're in the middle of a video. I'm playing some of the audio. I'm not going to play the whole 15 minutes, but I'm going to play uh, some chunks from this Project Veritas interview of a secret FBI agent who has come out anonymously and revealed some documents suggesting that the FBI is targeting Project Veritas and maybe other uh, news agencies, other free speech oriented groups, although he doesn't specify that. Uh, He does definitely reveal some interesting things. And uh, we'll share a little bit more of that with you. First, though, we have our very own Mark Edge on the line here via Jitsi uh, tonight. Uh, Mark. Welcome. Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. You're calling us from Texas tonight. Yes, I am in Austin, Texas. I just got to see Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast give his speech on, I don't know, how you should live your life or something like that. Um, Sounds like you really paid attention. (laughs) <laughs> well, I can tell you the different kinds of things he talked about. Yes, gotcha. Um, and you know, you're at how the, to describe this. You're at John Bush's new conference, right? Yeah, Exit and Build. This is his second conference on this, and uh, the suggestion is is that if you buy some land and uh, grow some maters and uh, have a rabbit hutch, that uh, suddenly the state will begin to shake in its boots, and you will enjoy freedom <laughs> in a way that you never have before. Sounds like you're a little skeptical about that. I, I'm skeptical of a lot of people's ideas surrounding freedom, and uh, I suspect that's what we're going to get into. Here. As you should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I do think you can find more personal freedom by doing just what they say. Mm. 
if that's important to you. Yeah, as long as you but pay off my, the my government real, every year with the property taxes. <laughs> well, I think you should. Uh, I think you. What you really need to do is understand that some kind of vig has always been paid to some kind of gang by the lessers to the more powerful. Well, he's just and, trying to get people to move out of the cities, right? That's basically what he's encouraging with uh, with Exit and Build. I think that uh, that's that's generally his idea. Yeah. 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 And I miss John Bush. I wish he would have moved to New Hampshire as he uh, pledged to do. Well, I don't think that moving to New Hampshire is particularly going to build freedom either. <laughs> but um, we got yeah, a lot better the, chance than people just going out and planting their own crops and living on their own. And and guess what? You can do that in New Hampshire too. Yeah, you can. Although the growing season is right. a little I, shorter. I, I would oh, make that houses here. You can uh, you can move. If if you want to, if you think that having a you know a, a patch of uh, squash and a chicken coop is going to make you free, they got those in New Hampshire, and you can have that. In fact, I did it. I did it for six years. I had up to fifty one pigs at one point. We had a very mm-hmm. large garden, and at one day, one day, I had an entire meal made of the food that was produced. On Just my once. <laughs> Yeah, rarely did we manage to, uh, you know, put it. You always needed something else. Um, wow. But, yeah, one, I just wanted to say I did it once. Okay. And we had a pretty simple meal, and that's that. But I don't think that um, the back-to-the-land movement really makes governments quake. I think it gives <laughs> no. you some empowerment. No. Um, but I also don't think moving to one particular place, opting into their government system, complaining about it, talking about the illegitimacy of it, and, um, you know, getting involved in their system to, in order to, you know, make legislation that's going to affect your neighbors in ways that they don't want is a particularly good system either. And that's kind of what the Free State Project is. Hmm. So instead, but, we but should all think, move to uh, Honduras and count on them to leave our little Zetas alone. I think I would certainly keep a close eye on what's going on in Honduras. Uh, and this is what I called in for, is, is there is a pretty scalding um, story that came out a couple of days ago. And I think it was worth the read. And I don't think that if you read it, that it's in completely inaccurate. But at the same time, you know, if you... Uh, if you read uh, the way it says, it looks it looks like doom and gloom, right? It's it's uh, it's well, what's it's the predicting story? The, the story basically is what's happened with Zetes up to this point. The legislature has voted to get rid of Zetes one time. They need to they didn't need to do it twice. Right. They have and, to do it a second time in 2023. We already covered this a few weeks ago. Now this is kind of old news, isn't it? Has there been a new development on this? The, well, the story itself is a development. And, um, okay. you know, Chris asked me to call in so he could beat me up after reading the story. Like, so um, do I get to ask you the questions now? <laughs> nail me. So have, have, have you got your, uh, you know, your, your... Hold on, hold on. I want, to, I want you to get to the question, <laughs> but I feel like we need to set the table a little bit okay. better here. Uh, a ZA, as I understand it, is a special economic zone. It's the Spanish yep. word for a special economic zone. And, More than that, but yeah. Uh, and uh, a special economic zone is a carve-out of a geographic area of a given state. It doesn't have to be Honduras. There are other ones elsewhere in the world, but you've chosen Honduras, Mark, as the most interesting of them. That uh, carve-out is an agreement with uh, the government of that area to allow uh, economic things to happen 
with uh, that are at, that are outside of the norm as far as they wouldn't be regulated, they wouldn't have the same, there wouldn't be any taxes, uh, that kind of thing. So there's a lot more freedom ostensibly in these zones to do business uh, and 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 live a little bit more free ostensibly. And there have been a couple well, that have started up uh, in Honduras already. One of them's called Ro- or it's in Roatan. It's an island. At that one is called Prospera, and another one is within the mainland called Morazan City. And that kind of brings us up to speed. Uh, the no, latest... it doesn't. No, okay. <laughs> um, your, your characterization is mild, to say the least. Uh, these special economic zones, which they are, in the same way that a uh, semi-truck is a motor vehicle, and so is a motorcycle. Right. Like they've got special economic zones in New Hampshire called opportunity zones where you can put your money in and save on your capital gains taxes. But that's not the same thing as a place where you get your own civil law, your own cops. You can exclude law enforcement from um, Honduras and you can have your own judicial system. I mean, Mm. that's a significantly the simple fact that it is true that it is a special economic zone. But this is the highest level of freedom that is currently legally allowed on the planet. And it's freer. I will um, state this and back it up. Currently, Morazan, um, where you can live right now for $200 a month, is freer than New Hampshire will ever be in the lifetime of any of us talking right now. All right. Do I get to ask my question? Go ahead. Can I ask my question? All right. Yep. So you've got the security. You've got these Zetas, right? Have you hired the security? Do you have your fighter jets? Do you have your tanks? Do you have your private army? Are you ready to take back Honduras or the Zetas? Are you saying that the that Honduras is uh, arraying a military against Zetas currently? Because that's kind of what I'm hoping they will do. So as I understand it, they're voting to get rid of Zetas. Have voted. Correct? Yes, they have, have voted. voted. Unanimous. And they, they've terminated that relationship with you, that contract. No, no, no. This was the first step in a long series of things that need to be done in order to do a termination. Think of it as a combination lock where the first combination has been entered and six more things need to be done. And if they do do those things and then they actually do get rid of ZAs, then they're liable in a court. Now that doesn't mean that they'll the court will necessarily rule against them, but they will be liable for more than a billion dollars in damages. And the people who put their money in, um, and, and I represent some of those people, okay. um, some of those organizations that put the money in will likely receive 10 times their money back gonna, if the court rules against. I want to ask the question again. Do you have yep. your fighter jets? Do you have no. your tanks? Do you have your nope. private army? And are you ready to enforce that contract? I don't think a private army would fight uh, for a private organization the way that people will fight and die for flags. Humans for whatever reason, have shown a propensity to die for countries when those countries show no interest in those humans. All right, stand by, Mark, because uh, you bring up some interesting things. We'll continue with the discussion, and you can join us. If you had a question for Mark Edge, 603-283-6160, you can join us on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
And here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're going to put whatever is on your mind. We'll get back into the FBI agent who has come out and speaking out about what's going on with Project Veritas being targeted by the FBI, having their uh, journalists' homes raided, their founders' home was raided as well. Uh, as we continue here, though, we've got Mark Edge with us calling from Texas. He's at the uh, Build and Exit Conference. Mark, you still with us? Yeah. All right. So um, you you were talking about this ZA, the special economic zone thing that's going on there in Honduras. And uh, Chris and you, I guess, had been having some online conversations. So you wanted to bring that conversation to the air. Uh, Chris brought up this question about, you know, how are you going to defend yourself? Do you have fighter jets, et cetera, to take on the government of Honduras? Yeah. And I mean, this was this is entirely predictable, which is why, you know, which is why I'm I'm, I'm asking these questions, because, you know, these are discussions that we had before previously. And the effectively is when, you know, you have to understand fighter jets is a little hyperbolic. But it is. But the point the point is that this Does is the government of Honduras have fighter jets. Look, look, the point that I'm trying to make here is that this is predictable, right? These these we're talking about countries with corrupt dictatorships. And when one one dictator gets overthrown, there's another government that comes into power and they like to undo the things that the prior government you know, uh, agreements they made. So the question is, how do you solve that problem? And it was a legitimate question. And I never really got much of an answer other than, well, we have our own private security and, you know, this international court thing. And but the international court, does it does it have any real effective power? Because from what I've seen in other cases, having nothing to do with this sort of situation, um, it doesn't seem to actually have much ability to enforce any of its uh uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, these sorts of things. Well, what circumstance did you see where the um, international court couldn't? Um, uh, which court, by the way, there's more than one of them. U.S. war. All I know is, is it's at the Hague. So, yeah, I, I don't know specifically, but I'm, I'm, it's probably the same court. Um, basically, uh, there like, for example, and I'll give you guys an example. So the one case I'm thinking of, uh, there was a, there's an Island country somewhere with, uh, not that many people. Um, and I think the United States did something to them and they got a, they got a ruling from this court that said the United States, um, uh, was in the wrong. And as, and, and the penalty was effectively that this, uh, country could violate copyrights of, uh, us entities. Okay. And the problem is that if they actually did that, uh, what would the United States do? The United States could retaliate. And so it, the point of it is effectively that these courts don't necessarily have any real um, ability to get you what you want. OK, so I did a little bit of research on this because you've long made the claim that this international court would be the uh, the place to go if the Honduran government breaks its agreement and comes in and you know takes your property from you or whatever. And so there's the International Court of Justice, which is uh, located in The Hague, and they are an organization that dis- that handles disputes between states. So given yes. that given that the, uh, the ZA is not a state, uh, well, I don't think you would have any jurisdiction. There would be no okay. jurisdiction. Thanks. There's also Thank the International Criminal Court as it. well. Nope. Which nope. Is nope. This is the International Court of Justice. Okay. So um, – ZAs are specifically included in a treaty with Kuwait. 
And so therefore they are international law between states and the Zedes now are a party to an international agreement, which means that they can bring it to that court and then, uh, you know, uh, find out what they say. Now, obviously, I don't have any control over what the courts do, but, you know, Chris, I know, uh, managed to bring the uh, one of the, the governments of New Hampshire to court, whoop them, <laughs> and get some money out of them. And I want to know why that court... Like, we didn't just say, well, why bother even going to court if you're going to, you know, they can do whatever they want. Well, because we know sometimes you can get some justice out of a court. No, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm going to disagree with you on this. I the reason okay. the reason that we sued had to do with uh, the principle, the moral, and the publicity of it. It had nothing to do okay. with the fact that you know any kind of compensation. I would have settled for a dollar for a headline uh, that presented uh, you know uh, the point that we're doing something in New Hampshire to other people to get their attention who aren't yet. This here. was by the way when the police wrongfully arrested you right. for recording video of them at a DUI checkpoint in Manchester. But Mark, I, the, what your expla- explanation was is a little cloudy to me as far as why and a ZA, which is something that was created by the Honduran government as a special economic zone uh, with special benefits or whatever would qualify as a state under the International Court of Justice. It's not a state, it's a party. Okay, but the only parties allowed to bring a case are states, at least according to this article here at Wikipedia. And I suppose that could be wrong, but is this an attorney who has explained this to you? Where did you hear this? Um, this was the people who set up the ZAs, uh, sent, uh, the organization uh, sent a representative and explained how it was that these international protections existed. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not uh, some kind of, you know, a lawyer that would end up at one of these places, but sure. um, all I can do is believe the lawyers that mm. tell me that, and, and by the way, Prospera at Prospera.hn, if you want to go, has done, I mean, has an exhaustive amount of attorneys and they've done the legal legwork on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the things that's uh, great. I tend to think that it is worth listening to them and believing what they say. Not that they're going to win, but they, they've got a case. And I don't know whether they're going to win, and I wouldn't claim to know. But I will say that if Honduras, um, you know, that, that Honduras doesn't have the greatest case in the world, and if they lose, they better pay. Because if they don't pay, it's not going to be the same situation as United States against Antigua. It's um, Antigua against the United States, and that's a different situation. So Honduras won't be able to participate in international trade with uh, member nations if they don't come, you know, if they don't agree, abide by the agreement, the, the court of law. And that means that they could. You mean like how Russia say, can't trade with anyone in the yeah. world right now? And I mean, they've got the large, they've got the most successful not, currency on the planet. Call, call me, I'm not saying there's no value from this, Mark, but I, I'm a little skeptical. Call me a little skeptical. I, I hear you. And um, I think that the right now, if I had a lot on the line as to where I'm going to live and those sorts of things, I'll be in uh, Honduras next week. If I had a lot on the line, you know, and I was running a, a business where I've got to do shipping and things like that, I'd keep an eye on what's going on in Honduras, but I wouldn't move my operation there. Now, in my case, eh, you know, they're point. probably not going to drop bombs out of with their single fighter jet um, onto you know one of these ZAs when they don't have to. Yeah, so no, they would want to take just, it back by force, I imagine. Uh, that would be a really bad idea well why it's what they always do 
No, that's they have send men in there and they'd arrest everybody and clear out the yeah. area and take it back by force. Why wouldn't that, they? They better, go, they better go through the legal steps that are involved first. Otherwise, Why? that is really a legal step. They call the police department, send them in, and they arrest everyone. Yeah. Yeah, well, why don't they just do that in New Hampshire? Why didn't they just come into Free Talk Live and say, hey, we don't like your speech. I know the First Amendment says things and stuff, They've but done through that. the First Amendment, we'll put you in jail. They did no, that. They, they came up with a sensible shot. Sure, sure. Uh, more coming up here in moments. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. I'll let you go. Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s. With more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program, and he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. The process of writing a book changed over time. You start out being ambitious to write a book, but after you've written a number of them, the ambition dissipates and you wait for a moment of certitude, something that you can count on. You don't want to waste time going down a dead-end road, so you want to find something that you can put your weight on before you commit to it. And um, and that's the best way. That's the best way. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. Here, maybe you got a question about the special economic zone situation there in Honduras or elsewhere in the world. Mark Edge, uh, co-host here on Free Talk Live, has been very interested in this whole thing and has been quite, uh, you know, spending a lot of time and effort and money going around the world to investigate the different options for special economic zones. He seems to have settled on uh, Honduras, specifically some of the islands off of Honduras, as a potential destination for uh, doing one of these things. But, of but course, he got voted off the island. Well, <laughs> uh, whether that's the case or not, they uh, they haven't made up their they haven't made the final moves to to terminate the special economic zone thing. They they did initially vote last month, I think it was, uh, to end the special economic zone program in Honduras after it had only been around for what half a decade or something like that. Mark, how long has this program been in place? Is it even that? It's. Yeah, it's uh, much of the, if not even that is what I would say. I'd say that it, in its uh, entirety had been around for maybe two years and uh, really hadn't had a chance to even you know, spread its wings. It was in, in its infancy. Now, uh, Chris, you were telling me something during the break. You wanted to ask Mark yeah. on the air about uh, somebody so, being arrested in yeah. Honduras. And- so, Mark, I, I, let me let me let me give it to you as I understand it. So 
and then you can you can respond to this. So yep. as I understand it, the opposition is saying that uh, effectively these laws were never legitimate in the first place, and they were. Uh, and by opposition, it was unanimously voted to destroy the uh, economic zones by yeah. the government of Honduras. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah. So it was it was uh, under corruption uh, by a former. Uh, they probably would use the word dictator, although I didn't read that that specific word. Um, and that dictator has since been extradited. The one who basically created these laws or it, it came about under his regime, so to speak. Yep. And, um, effectively he was, uh, extradited to the U S for, uh, some sort of, uh, drug trafficking. Um, Oof. yeah. So what, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Right. So, um, we'll call them the red team and the blue team. They're, if you were to try to make analogs to the red team and the blue team in the United States, um, the red team is more like the blue team and the blue team is more like the red team, but whatever. Um, they're corrupt, both mm-hmm. of them. What a surprise. They sure. are in the yeah. United States too. Um, so the leader of the red team is currently the wife of the guy that, uh, uh, that tried to have a coup like 12 years ago. The um, head of the blue team was formerly a, uh, apparently a guy whose brother's with a drug runner and was helping his brother run some drugs. So mm-hmm. uh, the corrupt team has said that the corrupt team is corrupt mm-hmm. and that therefore that the laws that the corrupt team uh, passed are invalid. Now, that's an interesting point, and I hadn't considered it up until the point that I read it in the article. And that's one of the reasons I passed it on to people like you so that you could beat me up a little bit because I believe that men, I should say people, um, work best when it's steel on steel, you know, uh, conflict and that the best ideas come out. When you say you hadn't considered something, what specifically did you not consider? I want to be clear. on That uh, the Honduran government, what their argument would be and what their argument is, is the law isn't the law because it was put in place by a corrupt guy. So therefore, right? that would mean, let me see if I'm following this, that would mean that they're not just talking about terminating the ZA program, which would mean that there would be no more ZAs uh, created and then the existing two would be grandfathered in because they would be honoring the agreements that they made. They would then be saying, no, no, we want to undo this completely and eliminate the existing ZAs. That's what they're saying? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Indeed. That doesn't sound um, very good. It's not good, no, but I will say really this. Bad. So, uh, First off, that wasn't done under that particular president's uh, regime. So ZAs weren't put in place within the last four years. They had been in uh, the law would hmm. had been refined before that. Okay. So um, yeah, doesn't it go back know, to 2013 or something? But Even- remember, lawsuits. Yeah, lawsuits are parties. And I want you to think about this party. Imagine I'm the party that brings in $100 million of investment into a ZA because it's a ZA in Honduras, that that was lured in to Honduras. They're acting now. They're saying in the article, they said, pay your taxes and get your permits. Well, wait a second. I would have never been in Honduras in the first place to pay a tax or get a permit had it not been for the law that that went through your process. And therefore, I would never be a party to this in the first place. And I think the courts can find that to be a very motive, uh, motivating argument. This is, look, hey, the court all that I did only takes tra- cases from states. Correct, but it uh, takes 
Look, Ian, that's your understanding of the law. And if you want yeah, I'm me just to find the a lawyer article, for you, man, that's all. are you asking me to find you a lawyer so that you can begin to ask these questions? Because you've never asked me to do that. I, I get that you're making the point. The point that's been made to me is that ZAs are a legal entity in, um, on the level of government governments and that they would have a standing at the court in The Hague. And I can bring this back, but I think that it's unfair for you to, I won't say something that's not true on the air. So you're going to kind of pummel me on this particular issue. Do you want me to, do you want to give uh, airtime to a uh, lawyer that's going to answer those questions? Not necessarily, but if you want to give me some information off the air, I'm happy to look at it. Mark, you're you're talking to people here who would love to see what you're saying be true and be the case and everything else. I don't know that that's true. Um, I think that you're New Hampshire zealots that don't want to hear anything that sounds like the only place to have freedom is in New Hampshire. I really believe that that's what it, that's what New Hampshire does to people because it did it to me. Yeah, it's it, I, I think you're I think you're mistaken. It's that okay. we're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're very. Um, Myself, I'm a freedom zealot, not a yeah, New Hampshire yeah, zealot. I, I think New Hampshire definitely. is the best bet right now um i'm open to being convinced of something else uh nobody has come close to convincing me uh everybody who's tried elsewhere things have come crashing down around their ears very quickly in from what i've seen and i haven't seen anything else even get off the ground Um, um, and i paid a close attention to this yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess to me that's having things come crashing down your ears very, yeah. uh, very quickly. Whether you're whether you're off the ground or not is is some means of of debate. But they've been taxiing on the runway when their planes have caught fire and and mm. and crashed into a bush. So the uh, you know I've I've never seen anything as effective as what I've seen in new hampshire where there are actually anarchists in the legislature where you know there is a robust community that has been putting down roots for many years and well, uh, may I, may i address that so having uh, freedom advocates in the legislature in new hampshire is certainly a victory but what you're presuming here is is that um if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck that it must be a duck but um, you know, a, a Cessna 176 doesn't has, walk has like takeoff, a duck. <laughs> has, a ta- has a takeoff speed of 78 miles an hour. Now, I can get in a pickup truck and go 78 miles an hour, but I'm not going to take off because I'm not an airplane. And getting a bunch of liberty lovers in a state organization and attempting to turn that into a freedom organization, uh, you know, that, that may or may not work. We, it has yet to be seen. So mm-hmm. to torture analogies here, we were talking about, um, you know, airplanes. We don't even know if New Hampshire can get to the point of freedom, whereas Morazan or Prospera are already freer than New Hampshire, in my opinion, will ever be. Because I don't think New Hampshire will ever have private civil law, and nor will it ever have um, its your, your own arbitration overlay that solves problems in a way you'll never be able to exclude cops from private property in new hampshire is what my argument would be um well it certainly remains to be seen whether anybody will be able to do that in honduras also and well they are doing it right now 
I mean, uh, you had told me if the cops wanted to come in, they could, but they're excluded right now. So the cops can come in. Got it. Uh, more coming up here because it sounds All like right. there's some more to say. We'll continue with uh, Mark in moments because I thought there were some laws that the police were allowed to enforce. At least that's my understanding. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Maybe you got a question for Mark Edge. Uh, he's still on the line with us here attempting to... I don't know what he's trying to do exactly. Persuade people that the Honduras ZA situation isn't going to come crumbling down because some great international court may step in and make everything right again or give everybody a bunch of money or something like that. You know, I I want to point one thing out, Mark. We're being pessimistic about government. It's it's not really specifically about Honduras or Zetas or any of that. Um, you know, I appreciate that. I do. I really do. And that's the point that I would like uh, like to make here is, is that, um, Ian, I'm not trying to say that I am certain or uh, of what's going to happen in Honduras. I don't know. But here's what I know. I know that there's only one time that a tank has been used against me and my business, and that was in New Hampshire. There's only one time that militarized police have pointed weapons at my women folk in my organizations and told them to drop the only clothing they had, get naked. And that was in New Hampshire. There's only one time that the government weaponized remote control robots and sent them into my uh, place of business, and that was in New Hampshire. None of that stuff has happened in Honduras. And I'm not saying Honduras wouldn't do it. I know they would. Right. What I'm saying is, is that you, got, you all think New Hampshire's so great, and it's just another state. It's just another organization. Well, it's a state where of thousands violence. of like-minded yeah. people have migrated here. Something and you said earlier, Mark. And none of them could do Mark, anything about the ra- the two raids on Free Talk Live Studios. How they could they do a thing? How no. could they? They're ten no. percent of the the state uh, legislature. Mark. But the, the, something you brought up earlier was you called us zealots for New Hampshire, and I don't feel like that's fair at all. Uh, okay, the, Shire, the Shire Free Church has contributed to your project specifically there in Honduras uh, because the church does support what you're doing and uh, thinks it's a good idea. I, I, I want to see it succeed. I really do. I've been skeptical from day one of it, but it's your dream, and I, I hope that you can make this this magical thing a reality and not have a criminal enter- enterprise na- known as the nation of Honduras come in and ruin everything. And it looks like the beginning process of that ruining yep. has already begun before you've even gotten off the ground. We, we've, I, I also yeah. want to point out that it's I've held back. I've held back the criticisms up to this point. So, you know, well, and I know it doesn't sound like it because I have been a little bit critical, but you know, no, no, Chris, uh, look, um, when it comes to criticisms, I, what I, I can't pay, for criticisms from a mind as great as yours, I can't find that. So I, I do value well, it. Well, he's also guys... a, target, a potential demographic for you, right? He's a successful businessman. He could yep. m- migrate his business to somewhere else Potentially. if, uh, if yeah. he wanted to. He'll, so. he'll move the gay population in New Hampshire up by full digits, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually a lot of gay people in New Hampshire. Yeah. I, I, I meant to say in, in uh, uh, the island of Utila. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. 
Um, so, I, you know, I just looked up, since I was only relying on Wikipedia before, I went to the International Court of Justice's own website. It's icj-cij.org. And on their page about how the court works, it talks about how they can only take two types of cases. One of them is contentious. The other is advisory proceedings. Uh, the contentious cases would be legal disputes between states. Advisory proceedings are brought by United Nations organs and specialized agencies. So presumably the type of proceeding you'd be talking about would be contentious and uh, so, therefore, only states, they say, states, members of the United Nations, and other states would have become parties to the statute of the court, or which have accepted its jurisdiction under certain conditions, may be parties to contentious, contentious cases. So I'm not really sure, you okay. know, the whole uh, legal mumbo-jumbo of what you are trying to say earlier about Kuwait would be able to somehow go after Honduras well, for this. I can tell you that ZAs are included in international tre- an international treaty with Kuwait. And that is supposedly, that was the uh, the in the for this particular court. So would Here's Kuwait bring the case? That's, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. Uh-huh. If you have specific questions, write those questions in an email to me. Because no lawyer is going to want to come on the air on Free Talk Live sure. and hear you guys batter them with a bunch of questions about uh, of this. And they're going to want to look these things up and they're going to want to be able to answer in writing. So if you have specific questions, I will get those questions answered for mm-hmm. you. But... You put me in a difficult position because yeah. I am not this kind of attorney. I'm not an attorney. No, at I understand. None of us I are. Didn't expect, I didn't expect yeah. you to be. I just didn't know how much you. convict that yeah. wants to see more freedom in the world. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, other questions for Mark? Otherwise, we've got a call that has a question for him. Um, Take it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, let's go to Bad Slave. He's on the line in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live with Mark Edge. For being willing to... Uh, to air this, I uh, I have to say that one of the big reasons I think you're going to fail in, in, in any other place than America is that America is the only place that has official documents uh, and, and, uh, and, and a founding principles that... Uh, that basically identify uh, individual liberty as uh, you know a, a surviving principle. N- nobody else has that, and as long as that's something that I can access, which I think we can still, and I think there are many many people that are waking up to this. Right about now, are uh, in fact, you know, going to make this change. The, the New Hampshire, it's only been a few years. We aren't anywhere near getting the twenty thousand. We may get more than that eventually. And and I'm telling you, when when we get the number of representatives and senators and you know executive counselors. We're going to end up with uh, with significant power here, and 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 you seem to be denying it. I, I've lived in New Hampshire for thirty years. I moved up here specifically because of the nature of New Hampshire. Uh, You're a pre-stater, yeah. as they call them, somebody who moved for more freedom before the uh, Free State Project concept even existed. 
That's right. And also has demonstrated his uh, dedication to the ideas by going to jail for what, uh, you know, what he considers to be liberty. And, um, you know, I certainly don't want, I'm not going to jump in and say you're wrong. In fact, um, I'm going to say that I share your form. Bad slave, I'm going to let Mark uh, respond because you you were saying, you know, quite a bit there. So go ahead, Mark. Terribly sorry. Um, I respect Bad Slave and I respect his opinions. Um, but what I would say is, is that I am the same kind of patriot. I do love America for its history. But part of America's history is the, Brit- the British Commonwealth. Um, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, these documents have, are usually mentioned in conjunction with the Magna Carta. The islands of, that I'm talking about, the, what they call the Bay Islands of Honduras, were, are there English common law? Um, they have the basis of English common law, unlike the rest of the country of Honduras. And they have a treaty of autonomy with Honduras because they were given over uh, by England. So there is some level of um, you know, this kind of inborn liberty and more legal basis, frankly, for it with the treaty than Uh, say, New Hampshire has. If New Hampshire wanted to leave the United States, it has no legal basis to do so. Oh, yeah, it does. Absolutely, okay. it does, and there's been a lot Fine. of discussion. There's definitely that. been disagreement over this, I and mean, I think that's actually, and, and I, I, this is kind of funny, but I think you might have a point, uh, Mark, here, even even though I, I do disagree with you to some degree about there being no legal basis. Okay, I should say this: um, that there is more legal basis for a secession of the Bay Islands Stronger than there argument. is for. New Hampshire. Um, go, go ahead, bad slave. I the 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 thing is that that what started out creating America and our individual liberties, you know, and our right to, uh, uh, you know, uh, life, liberty, and property, uh, was in fact understood. I mean, it was. It was not written down for the, they they debated you know you know forever about the the depart i mean the uh um bill of rights and and the the fact is is that the, you know that putting the bill of rights you know puts it on the table oh they want to cancel the second amendment they can't do that thank you bad slave for the call tonight uh definitely those are important documents the new hampshire constitution of course is an excellent uh you know all things considered it's got a lot of good stuff in it uh but i I don't know a lot about this thing that mark is talking about this agreement with the islands Uh, mark do you do you have enough to say can you say more about that Do you want to hang on to do that if i can read it to you sure okay i presume it's short then (laughs) it's not terribly okay more coming up here this is free talk live stand by Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Kicking off the third hour here. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio here with you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We've been talking with Mark Edge uh, about the status of the special economic zone experiments going on in Honduras. He's been a big fan of this for the last several years and has gotten uh, deeply involved on a personal basis. He's 
uh, planning to expand one of the uh, economic zones to a different island in Honduras called Utila. Uh, there's two different zones that are in effect right now. One is called Prospera. The other one is Morazon City. And uh, and we've got Mark on the line here because you were t- we were talking about some of the founding documents. Bad Slave had called in and, and brought up the Constitution and you know protecting people's rights. And, of course, we know that it hasn't really done a very good job of it. But at the very least, we still do have the ability to, for the most part, criticize uh, the government uh, these days here in the United States. As long States. as you don't mind being raided once in a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Mark does point out they've been targeting people for that. In fact, we were just tar- talking about Project Veritas being raided uh, earlier, right before Mark called in. So we'll get back into that coming up here in, in a little bit. But, uh, Mark, you brought up this some sort of special agreement that they have. I, I, I'm not using the right term. You have the, the term. But some sort of an arrangement uh, that the islands have on Honduras that gives them some level of independence. And you were going to tell us more about that. So um, all I can do is read the stuff from uh, you know contemporary press at the time. I can't. It's, it's hard for me to even find out the name of this treaty. But it was a treaty um, in the 1860 with uh, between uh, Great Britain and Honduras. It was pushed by the United States because the United States felt like there was too much the British too much British power in the Caribbean, and they wanted to minimize that. You know, the whole um, is it the Monroe Doctrine, whatever the the, the claim is. And so the so British this, the British had all three of the Honduran islands: Roatan, Utila, right. and the other. Quite one? a few more, actually. Okay, but uh, these are the big ones. Okay, and um, more or less, they they're like, all right, you guys in Honduras, you take care of these islands. Well, there were uh, Caminians, uh, you know, British subjects on these islands, and they're like, all right, we'll give you some uh, land someplace else, or you can stay there, and we'll negotiate some, uh, you know, provisions for you. Here are the provisions um, that all the land that they have is theirs and that they can buy land and purchase it with uh, by legal methods, that they can for uh, the form of grants and transfer to be preserved as at present substituting instead of the present style, the name or style of the existing authority. I don't know what that means. Me neither. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and it goes on. I did put them in uh, the matrix group that you have, but okay. the right to choose representatives to regulate the local laws of the islands, that no tax or loan shall be levied on the islands or the harbors thereof without the consent of the inhabitants. Really? That no troops shall be quartered on the island without the consent of the inhabitants. Freedom from forced military service for ourselves and laborers in our employ. The use of the English language in courts and on public records hmm. of the island. Now, many of these things are not abided by currently really? today. <laughs> and. This means that the, I mean, it's kind of like the Constitution, except that, in fact, these are bodies that could say, hey, look, this treaty hasn't been abided by. We want to um, try something new and try to make their own countries or go back to Great Britain or whatever it is that they want to do. And this is something that many on the island uh, would love to have. Hmm. They consider themselves British and their accent is uh, Scottish from what I can tell. Interesting. What what would you say the percentage of people on these islands that are uh, British and or English speaking? Well, that's the problem is, is they, they um, imagine what it would be like in Arizona or Texas if there was no um, uh, no border 
to speak of because anybody can come from the Honduran mainland and make significantly more money by being on one of the Bay Islands, mm -hmm. and they often do. And of course, they have voting rights, but um, one could make the argument that it's the English-speaking inhabitants that get to vote on what the laws are specifically for the islands. This, 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 is, a, this is the point of But contention. they don't, right? What do you mean? That the English-speaking, um, the non-natives do not have the right yep. to vote on those islands, correct? They do have the, the non-natives do have the right to vote on those they islands. They do have the right to vote. Okay. Right. So you can see the difficulty um, in this scenario for the natives. They're like, hey, I have, we have certain rights and they're not respected. And, you know, it's an interesting point. Um, mm. <laughs> you know? So take it, take it how you like. Okay. Um, they want to be able to have religious uh, worship. So there wasn't sort of anything thing. in the document about freedom of uh, religion, freedom of speech. None of this, the sort of the, the typical free employment of, of religious worship, according to the dictates of our consciousness. Oh, okay. um, that's so, actually pretty good. Yeah, it's really great. And, but uh, think about this is the mainland is mostly Catholic. The, um, mm -hmm. you know, Utilans are Methodist. Mm. And so, or Seventh Day Adventist. There's, um, it depends on where you are on the Bay Islands, but um, you know they they are Protestants. And so, yeah, there's uh, there, there's there's some interesting points to be had. But I wouldn't consider this document the most important document. The most important document is the ZA laws mm -hmm. <laughs> that um, you know at this point they have to the Honduran government has to overcome. Not to say they can't. Not to say they won't. But they need to. All right, Mark, I'm sure you'll be updating us as this uh, situation develops. And uh, guys, any other questions for him while we have him? No. Thanks, no. everybody, for taking my time. I, well, I, and I want to make it clear. I wish you the best down yeah. there or wherever you go. Um, and I'm certainly not rooting for you to fail or for anybody looking for, for looking for liberty anywhere to fail. I hate to and see that. And when I think it's the right time, that's when I send for you guys. I haven't asked any of my friends from New Hampshire to do, I haven't asked them to do anything but keep an eye on this. And when I say, hey guys, I think now's the time, I hope you understand that I've held off up to this point. That I've gone. I I'm like the savior. I'm going to make a place for you. <laughs> I hope you do, Mark. Oh I hope God. you do. Um, I, yeah, it's you know you know what it looks seems to me right now. It's, Does that mean we have to like drink your blood every year? Uh, <laughs> we, we've got a we've got a situation where we have multiple fantasies, and one might have a little bit more mm, uh, reality to it at least at present. But that doesn't necessarily mean it had reality, you know, I don't know, a decade ago. So you you may just be at a different point. Thanks, Mark, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. That's uh, Mark Edge. And uh, oops, I just accidentally hung up on Sarah instead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> She'll call I'm back. crushed. <laughs> <laughs> and there she is. <laughs> so let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Hi, Mark. Okay. Um, I'm just getting off the speakerphone. So... So our city is going to remodel this Windrock Mall here. The city's going to remodel a mall? Okay, which city? Albuquerque. I'm I'm talking about where I live. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for cl for clarifying that, but just to be a little more clear, when you say the city's going to remodel the mall, are you saying taxpayers are going to be on the hook to remodel a private purport purportedly privately owned shopping center? Of course, Ian. Well, I, I I guess that's how they do. They supplement. 
I, I don't know who the how what the owner's gonna be, but the current mall is uh I guess not so successful, even though it has a new movie theater. The most important so I, I don't know how the money's gonna be spent, but the I'm excited about it because they're going to put this lake. That's the big center um center focus of this lake and it's going to have the residential place. It's also gonna have a school, going to have a bar and it's going well, to have we know a that malls park. have been failing miserably and you, you alluded to that that this mall is having a very difficult time. Um, I would be really bummed out to discover that the taxpayers would be on the hook to uh, bail out you know something a mall is something too big to fail. Uh, I hope that's not what's happening. I am hoping Sarah is misunderstanding the story and just saying she's probably not just saying the city when she means the mall itself. This is socialist America, Ian. You think they're going to bail out a mall? I won't be surprised if they do. Well, they love bailing out corporations. And they do it for like sports and sports teams and all sorts of other things. That's true. The number here is 603-283-6160. We can continue. Your thoughts are welcome here. This is Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones are open. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So, way back like an hour ago, before Mark called in <laughs> to talk about the Honduras uh, situation, we were talking about Project Veritas. An FBI agent has come out and is speaking out uh, anonymously so far about his disappointment with political prosecutions he says against a news agency project veritas uh in the fbi we can talk a little bit more about that but since sarah brought up this story she claims the city of albuquerque is remodeling a mall into apartments and uh imax theater and things like that i had to look it up because i i figured she was getting it wrong and she was the the story here isn't that the city of albuquerque meaning the criminal enterprise known as the city of albuquerque the people calling themselves that uh is involved in this they of course had to approve a permit but no this is a private enterprise that has purchased an, an old mall they've already torn it down so the mall is gone and they're looking to build like a whole new area for people to go, an open area, open air shopping district, which are, are sort of have taken over a lot of mall properties. Mixed use, you've right? seen uh, IMAX movie theater, hotel, parks, condos, and offices. They're just going to do a whole bunch of stuff there. It sounds like a fine uh, project, and if it's being done uh, by a private company, then that's great because then the taxpayer isn't going to be on ho- on the hook if it fails. Because we've seen unless they decide to bail it out. Well, right. Uh, I mean, tend you tend to not see that happening with uh, people that that build shopping centers or whatever. Usually, you don't. They don't get a bailout when when they fail. But it could happen. It is New Mexico, so it wouldn't surprise me uh, if that happened. But in this case, Sarah is completely wrong. Is not the the city of Albuquerque doing this work? They didn't come up with the idea. Uh, they just approved the permit, and that's the end of that. But one of the things we talked about recently, speaking of cities and governments and special economic zones, is Disney 
in Florida that you may have heard the news. We, we certainly covered it here on Free Talk Live at the time that the Florida legislature had voted to strip Disney World, the property that it's on, is owned by uh, Disney and has been run as essentially a special economic zone. It's like a separate piece of property that's not technically the county. It's not the city of Orlando or Kissimmee or whatever. It's, I think it was called like the uh, Lake Buena Vista Special District or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and now they're talking about stripping that district from Disney, getting rid of their tax exemption, getting rid of their ability to take care of the roads and have their own fire department and you know do the handle the sewer system and just turn all that over to Orange County. And I think Osceola was the, the other county because the, the district goes across the two different counties. And so there's been this whole thing about punishing Disney recently. And whether or not you agree with Disney's political viewpoints, and of course the allegation is that Disney is promoting wokeism, and they probably are. I don't watch um, most of their products, but so, I mean, I'm willing to believe that that's that's going on. Of course, the, the libertarian point would be, well... You know, if you want to punish Disney, don't buy their products, don't buy their movie tickets, don't buy their DVDs or their Blu-rays, and don't pay for their Disney Plus subscription. Don't buy their toys, and don't go to their parks, and uh, encourage your friends to do the same. That would be the way to punish Disney for having a, an opinion that you don't want them to have. But instead, they're using the political process to go after them. And Chris, you've got what might be another step in this procedure that could actually be a good thing. It it, it, it for is it's, other people. It's, it's a side effect, but um, yeah, it seems like the conservatives have it out for Disney uh, with mm-hmm. with all the well. That's I think their words well, is woke when, uh, wokeness. When you think about it, though, the idea that there should be one corporation out of all the corporations of the world that is treated like a separate country in Florida while everybody else is treated as serfs, um, that doesn't necessarily sit right with me. Um, you know, what, what, makes, what makes Disney so special that, that it is its own country? I mean, I think the argument there is that we should all be able to do what Disney's doing. Or uh, has done or we done. should all be able to, but... Uh, Right, um, I don't begrudge them for being able yeah. to pull that off, and I think it's sad to see libertarians cheering on the elimination of this essentially a special economic zone where these people are able to run their own city on a completely voluntary basis. It's, and it's actually it demonstrates exactly what libertarians are arguing for in that they own the land, they own one hundred percent of the land, and it's because they have not sold any of that land off, as I understand it, or something to this effect, uh, that they have the they have complete control over it. Well, plus by mm-hmm. ending their their special status, it's going to turn over operation of that to the county. So essentially, by cheering on this act. Uh, what we're not talking about the co- the copyright thing yet, but just yeah, right, the, sure. the land thing in Florida. By cheering on what the conservatives are doing there, you're cheering on the expansion of the state. You're cheering on more state power, more state taxation, more state control over uh, over people's businesses and land. And again, it's not the right direction to go. The right direction to go would be to create a program to allow anybody to create, you know, a carve out and and be like Disney instead of cheering their destruction. I would definitely support it if if uh, if anybody could do it. And keep in mind, the taxpayers apparently are going to be having to foot the two nearly two billion dollars in debt. 
uh, that the special economic zone is car- has been carrying. So it's actually going to mm-hmm. um, it's going to turn over Disney's debt to the taxpayers. It's going to screw the taxpayers, which, which is kind of interesting. That's a maybe because I uh, as okay. I understand There's it, some debate on yeah. whether that as would I understand it happen. is at least as it is now Disney is paying all of that but isn't disney a taxpayer to itself effectively correct they do not so pay uh is this property debt, taxes does to this county debt effectively is the way this is going to work is it's going to end up being the county's debt and that's what they're saying then it's going to all because the counties have more people uh than just disney at that point so then they would be paying effectively taxes to the county they but would. the county would also be taking on that debt interesting that's correct. yeah so so it would be it, would, it wouldn't Supposedly. be costing Although nobody's saying money. that's been called into question, so I, I've not yeah. seen those updates. Hmm. Interesting. All right, so what's going on Well, now? it makes sense. So, um, yeah, so Disney, uh, apparently, there there's a U.S. senator. So this is a story from Torn Freak I brought in here. U.S. senator targets Disney with bill limiting copyright protection term. Hmm. And apparently it's not just Disney, but that's a, that's effectively who they're targeting with this. Mm-hmm. So Republican Senator Josh Haley just introduced a bill that proposes to shorten the copyright term to 56 years. And by the way, that is a huge... Huge improvement. I think it's more than seventy something right now. It can be for corporations more than one hundred and ten years. Really? Yeah, Uh, seventy years past the death of the author, but corporations are immortal. Right? When is the death Mm, of the author? Great question. Yes. This will apply retroactively to major movie studios, with Disney being a prime target. Which is interesting. Retroactive. Wait, just just to clarify, this would bring it down to fifty six years from the creation of the intellectual property, or from the death of the author. Do we know? It doesn't say. All right. We'll continue here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want, but this expansion happened because of Disney back right, in the day. Correct. It used to be shorter, then it got uh, lengthier due to protecting Mickey Mouse, apparently. Yes, that's correct. 603-283-6160. You can jump into the conversation. Intellectual property is on the table. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Disney may be suffering another blow from the government, this time the federal government, that uh, there's a proposal to rein in the copyright uh, time length that uh, is, you say, Chris, as many as 100 years past... Over 110 years, I believe. Past the death of the creator of the thing? Uh, well, no, because there's no... It's it's not... It, no, I don't think it has to do with the death uh, of the creator because in the case of a corporation, there there are... Corporations don't die. They don't die, die right? Corporations so forever. Okay. If the copyright is so owned by a corporation... So there is a deadline then, on the corporate copyrights? what you're saying it is but okay. it can be greater than 110 years it's really wow. complicated the copyright system is. yeah so i cannot off the top of my head tell you the details but it's, yeah you're not a copyright attorney i'm not a copyright attorney <laughs> uh, but it's something like the copyrights can be renewed so if the corporation renews it or something then yeah it can be like greater than 110 years by the way i, I do want to let you know about freedoms phoenix it is your source for all news economic news government overreach insane government spending and more you can get today's headlines all in one place and from a fresh libertarian perspective you can find it and more over at freedomsphoenix.com that's freedoms with an s phoenix.com 
But the proposal is to cut it down to 50-something years? 56. 56 years. Why 56? I don't know. Is that the one? Is that what it used to be before they extended it, maybe? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> These are good questions. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't know the answer, but they have extended uh, the Mickey Mouse laws, uh, have extended, they've done it multiple times, and the whole reason for it is to, ex- they've to protect extended copyright the is to, ex- right, exactly, to protect Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. So um, it is the reason corporations can you know do over 110 years on copyright is because of Mickey Mouse. Wow. That's why these laws were passed, to extend copyright. So um, the plan appears to be an indirect attempt to punish Disney for its politics, including the opposition to Florida's don't say gay law. Over the past decades, copyright protection terms have gradually been extended all around the world. In the United States, copyrights are currently enforceable for 70 years after the author's death. But that's only if like an individual owns it. Mm -hmm. If something was made for hire corporation. Protection is available for 95 years after publication or 120 years after creation, which is whichever is shorter. So there you go. Um, So it's 95 years after publication or 120 after creation. Yes. So So the first cartoon that ever had Mickey Mouse in it, it would be 95 years from that date. That's got to be coming soon anyway, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, if it hasn't, I want to say, did it already pass? Even I, I forget now what the I'll story is with you. it. But um, yeah, it's definitely coming. Nineteen twenty-eight, it passed. So, so. November, uh, in the inception of Mickey Mouse was uh, nineteen twenty-eight in the cartoon Steamboat Willie, and it was the eighteenth of November. So take five years off of that, and it's going to be next year. Now, what's interesting is trademark law, I think, is it trademark? I think it's trademark. They have trademarks on them, I think. Oh, I'm sure, I would um, bet they do. Which, yeah. which means that it doesn't, you still, you can copy a Mickey Mouse work that predates it, but you can't that predates create the trademark. Your, uh, uh, no, if the, on the, on the work this that was created. not legal advice. Yeah, right, way. right. Absolutely not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but as I understand it, uh, you will be able to copy like old Mickey Mouse like cartoons mm-hmm. or stuff like physically copy it but you can't create like a work of art with mickey mouse because it's trademarked still interesting it's and something along those lines did anyway. those last forever trademarks yeah there's okay. no there's no expiration for a trademark mm-hmm. as long as it keeps getting renewed i think or something to that effect um they can so you couldn't take uh you couldn't make a fan fiction with mickey mouse and sell it i don't, you don't think? think so. Mm. I think I think that I think that would be fall foul of the law. But this mm. is all really complicated stuff. And I'm just a lot looking of forward to that Mickey Goofy slash. <laughs> 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 These terms were last changed in the Copyright Term Extension Act of 1998, which also hmm. dubbed, which is also dubbed the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. The Mickey Mouse Protection Act is definitely what it's better known as. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's I would never have been able to have told you. Like I, I was guessing Mickey Mouse something like law or bill or something like that, but I knew it was something Mickey no, Mouse. No, they wouldn't right? be able to put that in the, in the no, bill name. It's well, I mean, they probably could. Um, but they no, they didn't. the The actual uh, the actual law is the Copyright Term mm-hmm. Extension Act. But I would never remember that. But I definitely remember the Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah, they don't usually give an, give official notification of who paid them off to pass a given law. Yeah. So it's um, true. <laughs> this is a reference to Disney's famous cartoon character whose original copyright protections were about to expire. Mm. The new bill proposes to shorten the copyright term today, more than two decades after Steamboat Willie is at risk again. However, instead of extending the copyright term even further, Republican Senator Josh 
Holly has just proposed a bill that would shorten it. Somebody clearly didn't get paid off. Uh, somebody forgot to, to pay the pay the bill there. Yeah, uh, to pay the bribe to whatever politician. Well, and it's just a guy putting a bill in, right? So I mean, at this point, this we true. don't know if it has any traction whatsoever. Maybe it has something to do with the fact he wasn't paid off, but all of his uh, opponents were. Could be. But remember, he's a Republican, and the Democrats have control over the, yeah. the government. And right? I, I, you know, there's something. If 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 my recollection's correct, I think it has a lot of these extensions have have occurred under the Democrats. But oh, okay. here's the thing: both the Republicans and Democrats get paid off by Disney, of course. So <laughs> it's just yeah. I think the Democrats have been paid off more so than the Republicans. Mm-hmm. If my recollection's correct. Feel free to you know call me out on that one if I'm mistaken on that one. It's been a while since I've seen that data. That said, I mean this as somebody who and I think all of us agree on this uh, supports the end of intellectual property. At least reducing the the restrictions is certainly a step in the right direction. Sure, maybe in my mm. lifetime I'll be able to make a copy of something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, just maybe. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean this is the this is the crazy thing about copyright law. You know, if something is created in your lifetime mm. or in the in the beginning of your lifetime. You will never be able to make a copy of it in your lifetime yeah. in most cases because how many of us live to 120 years of age, right? Um, Eventually, that'll probably be the case. But yeah, these days, yeah. not so much. Yeah. So uh, the people who created, you know, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse. Walt Disney. Yeah, right. He, he didn't survive beyond, uh, Certainly you know. didn't. Yeah. So the newly introduced Copyright Clause Restoration Act proposes to lower the copyright term for new copyrights to 56 years. Ooh, only new so, copyrights, uh, it sounds like. <laughs> but they said, didn't it say retroactively? That's so weird. Mm. Hmm. This change would also apply retroactively. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. There, there you sense. go. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was badly written. Definitely badly written. <laughs> this change would also apply retroactively to companies with a market cap of, oh, oh, wait a minute. There's a limitation here. Uh, of, over 150 billion dollars and are part of the movie or entertainment industries so wow so so this is being targeted at definitely targeted at disney yeah that's pretty lame the later conditions single out the major copyright companies including disney Mm. this is not without reason as the official announcement So it's just going to make copyright more complicated now you got to see how much money the company's making and what a pain I mean, it's still good. And then if it, Disney starts to fail, then all of a sudden they lose all their copyrights. Is that the is that the idea? Like it, it said, it only applies to companies with a market cap of over 150 billion. So if Disney goes below 100, you know, 150 billion, then all of a sudden you they know, lose th- all their. That actually is a loophole. No, then they would gain a, gain them back. That, oh right, yeah. There's actually that's right. And 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 there's actually a loophole here because now all they have to do is split it up into multiple different companies mm, for the copyrights and yeah. transfer them. And and you totally get around this this uh, you know they could uh, do that. Yeah, this is that's trivial for them. Yeah, this the is this seems like not a well thought out. He knows this bill. is going to fail. Yeah, I'm he, sure he, he does. You know, and he's doing this just for re-election purposes. Probably that's all it is. Yep. It's it's total political posturing. He's, he's catering to the conservatives. That's, that's what it is. That's all this is. that's going they, on. They want to be. He wants to be able to say, oh, I took a shot at Disney. Those darn Democrats stood in the way, though. Vote for me. Hmm. That's what this is. Yeah. Uh, hey, more coming up here. You can join the show. 603-283-6160. That's the number here. But, I mean, we as liberty-minded people would love to see the end to intellectual property, not just a, a reduction in it, hmm. but to make it so that if you publish a thing, that other people can borrow those ideas and do things with them, too. Ideas are not scarce. Right. You can copy them infinitely. I don't want to be an information slave. 
There's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. You can join us on the radio. This is Free Talk Live. about bitcoin.com if you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like bitcoin and bitcoin cash head over to bitcoin.com and click get started at the top of the page they'll give you some introductory videos there and you can spend as much time digging into that subject as you like and as little as just three minutes to watch that first video get some of the basic concepts down around why cryptocurrency is so different and so important you can go learn that over at uh, the Get Started section at Bitcoin.com. Plus, they also have a great news website where you can get the latest news headlines about the world of crypto every single day, updated uh, regularly over at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. And I do want to say thank you to Jack Glantzberg, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. Uh, AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. And Jack is silver level, which means he's helping us out for five bucks a month, helping us get the word out about Liberty to more great radio stations around the country. So you get some cool perks for joining over at amps.freetalklive.com. And then we go to a different Jack, I presume. Jack in Washington is on the line with us here. Go ahead, Jack. Um, yeah, I was curious. Uh, I'm a South Park uh, fan for most of my life. Okay. And they've done the episodes with Mickey Mouse representing China. And I'm just wondering, you know, they've had Barbara Streisand on, Bette Midler, Hillary Clinton. It seems like they're immune to, like, lawsuits. Satire? Uh, satire tends to be immune from that sort of thing. It, ooh, wow. A uh, copyright lawyer will never tell you that. But, um, no, I, you know, there's also something, there's some sort of uh, licensing thing that also happens in sat- in cases of satire, I believe, uh, in many instances. So Wait, are you suggesting they licensed Mickey Mouse to make fun of I, him? I don't, not think entirely... I don't think Walt Disney would have signed that <laughs> I'm contract. not entirely sure, but I know, like... I've seen the episode where they brought Mickey Mouse on, or at least one of them, and it is pretty sexual. I don't think they would have agreed to it, it either. It, no. I, okay, so I don't know the details of how any of this works, mind you. I'm not a copyright lawyer, but as I understand it, um, I know like uh, there's exemptions for parody. There are right, and it's it's, it's, not, it's not across coverage. the board necessarily, but yes. Um, but as I understand it, uh, because copyright law, it's it's like a defense. It's not they can still sue it's you. It's an the affirmative problem. defense, right? right. Anybody so, can sue anybody for anything. The question is whether or not they'll win. Well, right. Yeah, a so, lot of cases just get tossed out right before they even get a hearing. Often, um, you know, like guys like uh, what was it, uh, Yankovic, um, Weird Al, yeah, Weird Al, yeah. Um, like for Weird example, Al always seeks permission. He does. Right, That's right. his choice. Yes, yes, and 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 there's a reason for that. Except it's because one time he really? screwed up, which was uh, actually Amish Paradise. Um, really? And Coolio was was mad at him huh. uh, for that, and and Weird Al was very apologetic, and mm. apparently it was a screw up with the lawyers or something. But he talks about that on his, uh, I think VH1 behind the music. Huh. But basically, what what the story is is you know there's a lit- litigious environment out there, and uh, if you want to avoid that, you gotta you gotta license. Mm. So well, apparently, South Park's willing to uh, to go to. Yeah, I don't know what their strategy oh, is on that, well, but they have a ton of great music on there too. Um, 
Music is almost I mean, certainly being licensed because they're not they're not parodying yeah. it, right? They're using the music. There's only certain yeah, parody, so it might just be the South Park is conforming to the law more carefully than mm-hmm. you know Weird Al is or something to that effect too. Yeah, I guess the the Comedy Central or Cartoon Network or wherever it is uh, said, all right, well we're willing to take this on, and mm, so yeah. they they, uh, they did. Mm. Uh, Jack, anything else you want to share? Okay, nobody are you there? Nobody's here, and nobody <laughs> cares. Can you say this, South Park, and I mean this with love, Jesus Christ. I love you guys. <laughs> All right, I didn't, I'm not a big enough fan. I didn't, I didn't catch it. Thank you, Jack, for the call. What's the, re- what's the reference? I'm not sure exactly, oh, okay. but they, they did say Jesus Christ a lot. Uh, that was uh, Mr. Slave said that. They also said the S word a bunch in one episode as well, which was like a few, like 200. Yeah, they had a counter on yeah. the screen. I mean, so it's kind of interesting. So it's like taking the Lord's name in vain, which at least for religious people, I think is, is taboo. Offensive. So yeah, yeah or yeah. offensive or something like that. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Mr. Slave was a pretty funny character. All right, so we were talking about the FBI agent that Project Veritas was interviewing. I'm just going to play a little bit more of this interview here where they're asking him, you know, what he's expecting to come out of, uh, him coming out and, and revealing documents showing the FBI was investigating a news uh, I can't media. say he came out because he's still in the closet. <laughs> but, True. Um, but he's speaking out at least. He's speaking out, and that's, and that's good. It's we more hear, than most we of We hear his doing. voice coming from the closet like Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. All right, here's a little bit more of this interview from Project Veritas. Always a strive to be an apolitical organization. That was a, they, that's the pitch that I got when I came in. You don't get paid by the cases. You don't get paid by the prosecutions. I get the same money whether or not that happens. It doesn't matter. The pursuit should be for truth. Very similar to what your your organization stands for in name. It should be looking for what is the right answer here. If we, if we clear a subject of wrongdoing, so be it. They should never know we were bothering them. Going back to this intelligence work that you've done at the FBI, talk a little about the surveillance of American. Uh, that's been something we've heard reported in the news. Anything you can speak to about abuses of power therein? So the FBI conducts two types of, in, of investigations, if you were going to go broadly speaking. One half is criminal. They're pretty straightforward. There's an allegation, there's information, indicates that a crime happened. We either have a, a victim or a subject that, that engaged in it, and you, and you try to prove that case. That's pretty much as straightforward as it needs to be. There are obviously complications. But when you move into the other side, it's not what Americans believe it is. The intelligence investigation is meant for information in the same way that the CIA doesn't have to prove a case against anybody overseas. An intelligence investigation is meant for intelligence, which is to say knowledge about things, and they continue to propagate for the sake of knowledge itself. And you have to wonder here what percentage of the FBI investigations are criminal and what percentage of them are intelligence investigations. Yeah. What's the breakdown of how much time their agents are spending? What portions of the bureaucracy are focusing on one thing versus the other? And the knowledge doesn't have to be actionable. It doesn't have to be operational. What we would call tactical information. It could just be knowledge that we just have now forever logged in a computer system. And so that doesn't require that you've done anything wrong. 
So, right. So the FBI, as we know, has been digging for the last 15, 17 years or so on the Free State Project. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because we know they approached uh, Phil, Agent Phil Christiana, who's a, one of their special agents out of the Boston Division, approached Dave Ridley as early as 2005 when he was one of the earliest movers here to Keene, before there was really barely anyone here, mm. uh, with the exception of a handful of early movers who, to their credit, were stirring things up. I mean, they were there was civil disobedience in some of the earliest days here in still in shouldn't Keene. be a federal issue though well anything that's a threat to the status quo even though it's a peaceful <laughs> one right like they want to find some violence they want to find something to stick somebody with issue, and if they can't issue. find it they'll they'll come up with their own they'll terror plot and see if they yeah. can hook people into it yeah yeah i mean it's, it's just crazy they they basically send people into groups and uh you know for intelligence information who have done nothing wrong have not even been accused of doing anything wrong looking for things that they can charge you with correct that's 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 what he's talking about and that's as we pointed out it's been going on for many years that very same agent is the person who is behind the crypto six uh investigation he wasn't the one that was doing the you know the day-to-day stuff but he was pulling the strings uh ostensibly from uh from up above he was the same person who tried to put nobody in prison for 80 to 100 years for selling cannabis and uh, he was the one who, if you go back to nobody's trial when he was known as Rich Paul for selling cannabis, you can see this this federal agent take the stand because they they had to put him on the stand because nobody didn't take a plea deal. Uh, so we get we get to hear him answer all kinds of interesting questions, explaining that the FBI doesn't uh, ever record interviews with the people yeah. that they talk to. And it, I'll tell you what: if you ever get interviewed by the FBI and you decide not to immediately invoke your right to counsel which is not a bad plan mm-hmm. uh, it'd be hard to do if you don't know the fbi though the the second well then it's not an interview t- yeah, per se the, the, True. An interview is is like they've identified themselves and and you're probably being detained but if uh if you do decide to speak to them I would suggest demanding that it be recorded mm-hmm. so that they can't just make up yep. whatever well, lie they want to about what you say. Here's the thing about law enforcement, though. They can lie to you. So if that's you, true, if, if you say, well, I insist on this being recorded, we'll say they can say, yeah, OK, I'm recording it. No, and- no, no, no. You provide the recording device <laughs> while you're being you detained. Want- well, then you don't talk to them. If your attorney's <laughs> in the room, then the sure. attorney has a phone and the attorney can get that recording. Mm. Um, but otherwise, probably best not Most to talk. Most of the time, you're not... You don't have your attorney with you when the FBI tries to question you. Probably. Then you don't talk to them. Yes, right. And that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So I'm going to post this video all over on our social media platform, which you can access anytime over at social.freetalklive.com. It's a 15-minute long interview. We only played a few clips here tonight. Uh, it's definitely worth giving it a listen, I think. I watched the whole thing earlier today. So if you're curious to know about the undercover FBI agent who's coming out and speaking out, it's uh, we'll share it with you at social.freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow.